All right, welcome to Iron Belt Ministries. I'm Stephen McWhorter. I'm here with Joel Gertis. Hello. And uh, today we're just going to talk a little bit uh, about something that God's put in our hearts this week, and um, really just talking about a concept that seems kind of big, but I think there's something specific the Lord wants to highlight in it, and it's the concept of remaining in the presence of God. Um, what it looks like to live out of that place. And we don't want to be too vague about it. We'd like to kind of talk a little bit today about what that looks like. Because you hear lots of people say, you know, let's live out of the presence of God. Let's go after the presence of God. Sometimes we don't really know exactly what that looks like in a real tangible way. And so we want to kind of cover some of that. Um, You know, one of the scriptures that the Lord's been highlighting with me, and i kind of been reading afresh, is Exodus 33. And in Exodus 33, uh, kind of verse 7 on down to, uh, I believe, 11, um, is this concept of, it's this passage that I've not really read before, or read anew, rather. Um, and it was Moses would practice, to, um, he would practice taking the tent of meetings and setting it up some distance from the camp. Everyone who wanted in, uh, wanted to make a request of the Lord, rather, would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent of meetings, all the people would go up and stand in the entrance of their own tents. They would all watch Moses until he disappeared inside the tent. And he went into the place, and the pillar of cloud would come down and hover at its entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Next, it says, When the people saw the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they would stand and bow down in front of their own tents. Inside the tent of meetings, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Afterwards, Moses would return. This is the interesting thing. Afterwards, Moses would return to the camp. But the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meetings. I think another passage says he would linger. He stayed and lingered. That's so good. <laughs> uh, and that's really what I kind of wanted to, to kind of get into a little bit was that concept right there, that, that phrase specifically that Joshua was one who stayed behind and lingered um, long after Moses had spoke with the Lord and went back to camp. And, uh, you know, the thing about this is, is this concept of what it looks like to be someone who does that. What does it look like um, to live out of the presence of God? And one of the things I thought about with Joshua, and I think for for us in general, it's like Joshua was one of the two that when Moses sent spies into the land to to spy out the promised land, um, Joshua was one of the two that said, uh, this is a great land. Uh, there's n- We shouldn't be afraid of these giants. When everybody else was saying, man, we can't do this. Uh, you know, um, these, these giants and these people are too big. We can't take this land. We're going to lose. Joshua was one of the two that said, this is easy for God. We've got this. Let's go do this. And I think if I can, uh, you know, read into the text a little, I would say it's because Joshua was one who lingered in the presence and the character of God. Like he got to know what God was like in a way that when he was in those situations where it looked really difficult, he knew God in a way where he was able to go, God can do this. This is no big deal for him. Not only is it that he can, he wants to, yeah. <laughs> you know? And I think that's probably a uh, question a lot of us struggle with. Um, I think we, we have an intellectual knowledge that God's mm. capable, 
Right. Uh, how do we move that, the 18-inch journey, down to the heart where it becomes as um, concrete as like the laws of nature to us? Right. Like if I held a pencil in the air and I drop it, I, instinctively, I already know what's going to happen and that thing's going to drop. Do I right. know God's character in this way like I know gravity, mm-hmm. like the laws of nature? Or do I just have an intellectual knowledge that, well, I know he can. I, I want, but, I, but Moses, you know, uh, said uh, in the Old Testament that he knew God's ways. So the people mm-hmm. knew his deeds. But he said, but I want to know your ways, because if I know your ways, I know your intentions. I know what your character is like. I know there, it doesn't mean you can always predict what God's going to do, because uh, his ways are mysterious. But um, you can trust his ways. And you can uh, say, you know what, I can look at a situation, and especially after I've spent time with him, and I can see what he's like, I can uh, sense his presence, I sense his nature, and then move forward with confidence. Like, hey, this, like going into the, uh, you know, the promised land and seeing all these, these people groups that look like, man, they're going to they're gonna beat up on us Israelites. Um, we don't really stand a chance, but Joshua and his buddy Caleb are like, no, uh, this, there's no problem. <laughs> God's got this. Yeah. Um, and it's that. It's definitely that. You're getting to know Him. Living in the presence of God is basically an awareness of Him everywhere you go. And it's taking that time with Him everywhere you go. Right. So the, there's uh, several passages that talk about the glory of God mm-hmm. covers the earth and that the earth is His footstool, mm-hmm. that the presence of God fills the earth. Mm-hmm. And, uh, if we as believers just stay in that mindset that God, you are as, you're as always near, you're mm-hmm. never far off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a big key to this, where it's set, where we uh, in our hearts are believing. Um, you know, it says it, it requires faith to even come to God and to pray to Him to believe that He's there. That requires a measure of faith. It also requires a measure of faith to be, believe that He's with me everywhere I go. Mm. And if you read Psalm 139, you know, where mm. it's like, if I make my bed in the depths, there you are. The fire side of the sea, yeah. you're there. There's yeah. nowhere I can hide from your presence. Mm. Yeah, there, there is that, you know, God is everywhere. And then there's also that intentional, I'm going to linger in this place with you. And let who you are wash over me and get so ingrained into my DNA that when I am in out doing things or, you know, when I'm out scoping out the promised land like Joshua, that whatever comes, what I've learned about you and how I've got to know your ways by just being around you um, has changed the way I look at these situations. It's caused me to literally um, produce the fruit of faith. You know, mm-hmm. and it's, it comes back a lot to something we talk about all the time here, which is adoration prayer, because part of what that does is it's really this time spent with the Lord where you're telling him why you love him by using his character and what he says about himself and his word. And um, I think that's important. I think it speaks a little bit to, if I can say this, it speaks a little bit to what Jesus was talking about in John 15 when he says, you know, uh, if if you remain in me and my words remain in you. Um, you can ask f- for anything you want, and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings glory to my Father. And you know, when you read that, I've read that before and just kind of skimmed over and went, okay, that's, that sounds like, you know. That sounds like a, ch- a blank check. <laughs> exactly. It right. sounds, so part of me, like, there's that 
part of me that goes, I'm just going to stay away from that because that doesn't feel right. But it's because I wasn't really taking the time to let God, I wasn't really saying to God, tell me what you're really saying here. Mm-hmm. Tell me what's going on here. Like taking the time to allow the Lord to just tell me what he's really trying to say. And one day when I was, I was doing that, you know, I felt like the Lord said, well, what does remain in me mean? You know, what does that mean? And that concept of living out of the presence of God is, you know, and, 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 and his word, you know, so the idea here is that when I live out of the presence of God, you know, if you remain in me and my, my words remain in you, which is, you know, what God wants, you know, the things about him remain in us. You can ask for whatever you want. It will be granted. So what I get, what I hear God saying to that is like, when you live out of my presence, you begin to want the things that I want. Absolutely. You begin to pray the things that I pray, and I'm already answering those. So it's like the whole, you know, Jesus is with the Father. He's interceding our behalf. He's praying constantly. Mm-hmm. And real prayer is just joining in with what Jesus is already praying. Right. And coming alongside him. So this is that remaining him in a way where I'm praying what he's already longing for. Right. And so I know he's going to give it to me. And when he, and he loves to answer those prayers and show off, which is the next part here, and it says... In this way, you show yourself to be my disciple by bearing much fruit. Because the things you're crying out for and asking me for, you're going to get because they're what I want. All because you live out of my presence. Yeah, there's a book I read a few years ago by Derek Prince, and it was all about um, just the power of prayer, praying for people. And he, in it, he said, if you are praying something that is God's will, you're praying an irresistible prayer. I like that. It's irresistible. Yeah. Because he's like... This is what he wants to do, and if you pray in agreement with it, it's it's almost synonymous with the Lord's Prayer where Jesus says, I'm going to teach you how to pray, and mm. it's your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, if you put like something specific on that about maybe your business, your family, your uh, circumstances in your um, state, country, where, geography, uh, and you're like, I know what God wants. I'm just certain I know what he wants. And you just, I think, yes is probably the most powerful prayer, even if we don't know the details. It's like, God, we know you want restoration. Mm. We know you want redemption, that your blood brought redemption, that your gospel brings redemption. If we just pray yes to that, that Mm. could even be a powerful prayer. But when I go back and read through Exodus 33, I think the verse that really pops out to me uh, when you presented this to me was... Um, that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. I think often as uh, believers, we we can read these uh, Old Testament passages and just be like, well, it was exclusively just for Moses and maybe Mm -hmm. Joshua. Everybody had an opportunity that was um, an Israelite to come into this and have an opportunity to meet with the Lord. And even as I read into the New Testament, I would, I'm surprised because I think often as believers, we we don't believe that the Holy Spirit was maybe that active um, prior to Pentecost, you know, that's t- mentioned in Acts. But in Luke uh, 1, we read about like the upcoming birth of John mm-hmm. the Baptist and Zechariah had an angel visit him and basically said, you know, he's going to be a great joy and delight to you. And you skip down and it says... Uh, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah. Oh, I skipped ahead. Where is this? It said he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he's born. Mm. I think like he had God's very presence in him even prior to his birth, yeah. and that the Holy Spirit was active during um, you know on certain people 
um, during different seasons hmm. uh, throughout the entire uh, history um, that's recorded in the Old Testament, and that what they had, we can we have now. That it's a reality that we can come boldly before the throne of the Father. That the veil has been torn, so that we can come boldly into His presence as sons and daughters of the Most High God. Yeah. Well, what does that mean? How does that practically work out in our lives? How do we stay in that? And then you had mentioned, you know, uh, probably how Joshua was influenced by his time um, meeting with God when he came back after going into the promised land and having a different re- report than the 10. Mm-hmm. Well, oftentimes, um, I think God wants you in his presence no matter what, but that could even be an ulterior motive. Where like, I want to get in your presence, so I just at least have... Uh, I can approach these situations with more confidence. Well, that's great. Um, And God will take that because He wants you in His presence. He wants to shape you with His presence. But I think He wants to be wanted for the sake of being wanted, just like Mm. we desire to be desired just for ourselves, not for anything that we can do for somebody. Oh, man, that's good. Um, You know, and even, even with that, I think that's important um, what you just said. I think even even with that is this in his presence. Even if you know there's some freedom here. Like even if your motives going in are not perfect. Right. Like, you know, God's like that's okay. <laughs> you know, get in here and you're going to you're going to be changed. Absolutely. Cuz in his presence what happens in a place where you're really living in his presence and what we're talking about in the biblical sense, which is, you know, um, just being around him, spending time thinking about him, spending time talking with him, spending time in his word, um, spending time letting his thoughts become your thoughts, you know? But even in your coming and your going, just your daily routine, just mm-hmm. having a consciousness, yep. he's with me. Mm-hmm. And um, that comes, though, you know what I mean? I, I believe that's absolutely true, but I also think that, that part of that is that it's cultivated in that place, mm-hmm. that when you are out, it's second nature to you. Right. You know, when you're out living, doing life, you know. In uh, Exodus 33, and if you read down over to uh, um, verse 15, then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. Yeah. You know, like he had to literally ask him. Mm-hmm. Ask God, say, will you will you let your presence go with us? Mm-hmm. You know, and everything that we see in the Old Testament is a type and a form because God's a master storyteller. Yep. He takes everything and says, I'm going to turn these stories into greater realities for you later on. Yeah. And for the greater reality for us is we don't have to beg him to go with us. We don't have to mm-hmm. ask him to go with us. And hey, if your presence doesn't go with us, his presence is with his people. Yeah. Jesus did that. <laughs> Jesus accomplished that on the cross and through his death and resurrection so we could get his presence with us all the time and we don't have to beg for it. That's good. It's the thing that Moses longed for and Jesus made it um, something that's in us, you know, and with us everywhere we go. It's just getting our awareness heightened, you know, like um, sharpening that that awareness um, of God's presence with us. And so, you know... um, to understand that even the next season and what you're stepping into, what God's bringing you into, this is the one thing that has to be cultivated for you. I believe, and this sounds kind of, you know, very cut and dry, black and white, but I believe it's, it's biblical. You know, I believe it's true about God is that he wants his presence to be something, 
He wants you to remain in him mm-hmm. so you can go into this next season, so you can step into the thing that God's wanting to do with you, so you can bear much fruit, which brings him glory. Again, that, that John 15 passage. It's that being able to live out of the presence of God where what he wants is what you want without even thinking about it. You know, we say this a lot, but it's that delight yourself in the Lord passage. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of his heart because he has become the desire of your heart. Yeah. And, you know, he's going to give you the thing you desire. He's going to give you him. But it's so easy to um, get that mixed up in our heads early on. And I remember being in high school, my favorite proverb was uh, Proverbs 16, 3. Hmm. Commit your plans to the Lord and they will succeed. <laughs> that too felt like a blank check to me, yeah. right? Where You're it's like, give me what I want. So I can just fill in the details. You put your stamp of approval on it and they're going to succeed. Well, not not quite. And it always it comes back to that psalm of delight yourself in the Lord hmm. and he will give you the desires of your heart. Because hmm. naturally, delighting in God will produce righteous desires. Yeah. And committing your plans to him is saying, here's my plans. Do whatever you want with them. <laughs> and that's what, that's the part we don't get. Hey, I think they're on fire. Could you put that out? It's not, it's like we see it as if I've, I've, so I've got this really great plan. God, I'm submitting it for you just to approve it and go ahead and do it. You know, like I'm giving this to a committee or something. Yeah, that's right. And God's like, no, this is great. Now I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. Yeah. yeah. I sent that over to compliance last week. I'm just uh, waiting for that to get back to me. Yeah. God, I'm waiting on that. Yeah, there's that a little report. few, there's a few red marks on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's Jesus words. Yeah. Jesus. Just takes the red pen to our plan. That's good. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, you know, we. I just think that's really great. I think it's. It sounds like something maybe we've heard before, but I feel like just really today that the Lord wants to reiterate that that He wants His people to live out of His presence in a way that when you go into the land that He's bringing you into, you won't you won't have to worry about um, wavering. Um, because his character and who he is after lingering in his presence, his, his desires become your desires and all these kind of things that you won't waver. You'll be able to stand firm in the character of God mm. in that yeah. season Absolutely. because you live out of his presence. That, I believe, is critical mm-hmm. for people to hear today. And to understand that living out of his presence is not this vague, aloof, mm-hmm. like, I can't understand what this means. It's hyper-spiritual concept right. it's it's that you have the presence of god in you and with you he just wants to spend time with you and you, he wants you to want to spend time with him in a way that changes who you are right and a lot of that's not visible to us so like i'm super visual mm-hmm. and have you ever seen those scientific experiments where they all have these metal plates and they'll put little like metal shavings on it and they'll what they do is they run a like a sonic vibration through it a different a certain frequency have you ever seen these things uh-uh. and what happens with these metal shavings is they they at certain frequencies every every frequency has a uh, some sort of geometric shape that these uh metal filings will take form and it is it is amazing to see this stuff so as they change the frequency some of these look like snowflakes i mean (laughs) it is mysterious but the very thing that's like happening there with god's word you read in isaiah 55 that his word does not go forth void that Mm -hmm. it just like water uh comes down from the heavens and you know uh, accomplishes its purpose to give uh, refreshing to the land and produce a harvest that god's word goes forth just like that Mm. and that it shapes us it literally mm. shapes us. So it's it's getting into his written word, mm. but also spending time with the Holy Spirit and saying, I need uh, your written word paired with your Holy Spirit to shape my life. Mm. Just like the frequency um, on, a, you know, on a metal tray with these metal shavings can create these beautiful um, geometric designs. It, it's fascinating. God's doing that in the, in the spirit. without that sound... 
without they that sound. They would just lay there. They would just lay there. <laughs> it, ha- it always has to be paired yeah. with what, what his word is doing in you. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, let's pray. Um, Father, we love you. Uh, we thank you, God, for your presence. And we mean that. It's not just like this thing that we don't, I don't ever want to get tired of saying that just like it's a, it's a phrase that mm-hmm. begins to have no meaning. I say, thank you, God, for your presence yeah. and what that really means that I get to know you intimately, that I get to be known by you. Mm-hmm. And, and it says in that passage that, that Moses, um, he got to speak with you as a friend, face to face as a friend speaks with another friend. And the beautiful thing about the presence of God in us is that we get to speak to you even more intimately as a father and a son as a daughter and a father. It's an intimacy that's different mm-hmm. because we have the Spirit of God in us. We're, we're able to have communion with you, God, and to be shaped by you in a way that is so great and it's such a privilege, Lord. And we know that you want to strengthen us, Father, for what's ahead. Um, we want to remain in you, like Jesus said, so that your word remains in us. And that when we come and we speak to you, we're praying your desires, Lord. We're praying your heart. And then we know you will answer those prayers because they're what you want. And from that, God, you're going to receive all the glory as we bear fruit in that. And Lord, we're thankful that you have shifted us from um, having to go meet with you in, in a tent like mm. Moses did to becoming the tent of meeting. Yeah. You have made us the tent of meeting. And, not, and all these parallels that you show us in uh, Exodus 33 of how things have shifted for your, your believers after what Christ has done for us, that we are to separate ourselves and go out from you know the main camp and we're supposed to get alone with you. Mm. Yeah, Lord, and we also just, you know, thinking about that passage as well that it said, as Moses entered into the tent, everyone else watched from a distance at their tent as he went in. That now, God, everyone is that tent. Everyone is that place, like Joel said. No one watches from a distance. Um, everyone gets to be intimate with you. You you will give us as much as you as we are will, willing to ask for. <laughs> and so this morning, God, we just love you. We thank you for your presence. Uh, we thank you that you've invited us to live with you in a way, to live out of the presence, to remain with you always. Um, thank you, God, that you're shaping us in that place for the season ahead, for the things you want to do with us now and in the future. Um, we love you, Lord. It's in your name we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. All right. Well, that's it for us, Iron Bell Ministries Podcast. I'm Stephen McWhorter and Joel Gertis, and we will uh, talk with you guys next week. Take care. <laughs>